Hello, and welcome to this podcast from Consider This. Please let me know what you think and tell others about us on social media. This podcast was originally broadcast live on Northumberland 89.7 FM. You can hear this show live every Friday at noon. Thank you for downloading this program, and I hope you enjoy it. Hello, I'm Robert Washburn, and welcome to Consider This Northumberland, a current affairs program dedicated to the issues facing our community. We talk to the people on the front lines and those behind the scenes who make a difference in your life in Northumberland County. So I'm asking you, the listener, to take some time out of your busy day to consider this. Without any delay, here is Olana Hankvinsky, candidate for Mayor of Port Hope. I'm so pleased to have with me today Olana Hankiewski, candidate for mayor of Port Hope. Welcome to Consider This Northumberland. Thank you very much, Robert. It's a pleasure to be with you today. There may be some people who don't know you, so let's begin with you introducing yourself as a candidate for mayor. Well, I grew up in rural part of Grafton. My childhood was spent there. So I have a 53 year history and attachment to this uh, beautiful county. I've lived in Port Hope since 2016. I've had my home in Port Hope since 2016. In terms of uh, some of the things that I've done in the community, you may have heard of the Ukrainian families that have come into our county. I'm the one that started and established Northumberland for Ukraine families, and we've now got uh, 31 families on the ground here in the community. I've also helped them to start a new restaurant in downtown Port Hope, which is going to be called Cafe Lviv, just across from the pharmacy. During the pandemic, my partner and I started Northumberland Goods and Services. And that uh, particular business helped local farmers and local merchants have their products delivered during the lockdown across the county. And I also caregive for two elderly parents at home who are 87 and 92. So I've had a lot of interactions with the community services that are available here for aging in place. And I also certainly know the challenges of long-term care in our community as well. Your campaign website promises a municipal government that works for and with the community. It talks about building a new culture and council and amongst municipal staff. It also says the public needs to trust that the municipality is working for the good of Port Hope. Can you give me an example of where you feel the municipality has not worked for the community? Well, um, Robert, my my actual my professional background is that of a political scientist. So I have spent the last 25 plus years of my career looking at how governments work, looking at governance structures, understanding when you have a well-functioning government, and then also the importance of the relationship between who is representing us and the staff that work to support those representatives. So I feel that I have some pretty good insights on what makes good governance or excellent governance structures and practices. The first thing that I would do is to try to make people feel that Port Hope is actually that Port Hope. I've heard during the many walks and talks over the last number of weeks, people saying that 
They don't like to engage with staff. They don't feel that they're heard. They don't feel like they get the responses that they need when they reach out. And I've even heard people say things like, well, Port Hope is not Port Hope, it's Port Nope or Port Hopeless. And I want to change that. I want people to actually think this is a positive and inspiring place to live. And so I would start with, you know, just a few very practical things. And that is when a new council is elected to take folks on an organizational retreat and do the things that any organization would do to set a new direction and new culture with new people on board. And that's as simple as doing things like a strengths and weaknesses and opportunities and threats analysis of our individual strengths and capacities and competencies talk about how we would like to work together, strike a kind of new covenant, discuss how we're going to build consensus, discuss how we're going to overcome some of the conflicts that will inevitably come up, and really to identify the issues that brought us to get elected, what the community has said that it needs so that they understand they've been heard and that we're being responsive. And at the same time, I would like us to strike a covenant with the CAO between the CAO and council outlining roles and responsibilities and expectations. I'd like the staff to be inspired to do better through professional development opportunities to better understand what they need to do to do their jobs and to improve on the things that we've heard during this campaign. And what I would commit to doing in my first 90 days is to sit down with each staff member and ask them about their job, how they do it, what are some of the challenges, what are the, some of the supports that they need, and to have them have an opportunity to share ideas on how they think that their work in the municipality overall can be improved. Really want to work on both of those fronts so that we're all working in concert and that so that we can demonstrate to the public that there, there is a new chapter in Port Hope. Where do you think council has broken the public's trust? Well, I think that, that what I have heard at the doors and with the people that I've spoken with is that they feel that once council gets elected, that they don't have enough communication on how decisions are made. They don't understand why certain decisions are made. They don't always trust that bringing concerns forward are heard and acted upon. Communication is key. The other issue I hear often is transparency is not there. So when a decision is made, what is it based on? What kind of evidence is it based on? What kind of facts is it based on? Is it reflective of some process of meaningful community engagement? And finally, I've heard people say that they don't feel that council is always visionary but rather tends to be a bit reactionary and uh, takes on more of a caretaking role. So all of those things combined, lack of adequate communication, transparency and accountability, I think have led 
the folks in Port Hope to feel that way about the council. I'd like to unpack that a little bit more if I could, please. I, I mean, let's be honest, there's all kinds of public meetings. And mm -hmm. I, I think every time there's an election, people talk about transparency and more public engagement. And everybody makes efforts to do that. Council posts its meetings on the internet. You can make a delegation to council. So in what way do you see council not creating meaningful engagement? Can you give me something specific that shows that it's not working? Well, I think, you know, obviously you can't say you're going to throw the baby out with the bathwater because there's certain things about it that are still working, but there's certain changes that have been made and how community engages with council during meetings. And, and certainly the, the question um, that I would start with is, you know, why are we doing the way the things that we're doing in, in the particular way that we're doing them? When's the last time we actually reviewed the governance structure of council and our meetings. One of the changes that has been made is that, for example, when there are different reports made by uh, different uh, committees, that there's not an opportunity to, for questions after each of those reports. The questions are tabled to the very end where sometimes maybe people forget what they wanted to ask and it cuts down on the opportunity for that kind of discussion and Q&A. Can there be more opportunity during meetings for community groups to come forward for more discussion, more fulsome discussion and conversation. I think these are the sorts of things that we can be asking, can we actually do better on that? And, you know, it starts by looking at the governance structure of council and the governance structure of how council business is done. And I don't actually believe, I, I, I don't know the last time that that was actually reviewed. And I think it, there's an opportunity for us to review that we do have power to make some change around that. I don't know if you've ever tried to organize a group to go to a movie or you know pick a restaurant, but there's always somebody in the group that doesn't agree. So where do you think council has not tried to work out different conflicts and, and how are you gonna deal with you know, the fact that just not everybody's gonna agree what you're gonna do as mayor? Well, you know, of course, consensus is always a difficult thing in any context and especially in politics. I think that that's where at the very beginning when we start working as a council, we can set out some rules and some uh, expectations of how we will work together and how we will respect different points of view, but I also think that we can set out what are going to be the principles by which we make decisions. So for example, if we look at evidence and it points in a particular direction, then I think that we need to seriously take that account. The other question I would have is, do we have enough knowledge of what makes good evidence and how to determine that something is good evidence? And that might require a little bit of continuous professional development and education and, and training. But if we can agree on certain principles that are going to inform our decisions, then I think it makes it much easier to move together as a group. And then I think ultimately it's about meeting people where they're at and understanding more about their concerns and their ideas and to, to give an opportunity for, for people to express those and then to slowly and respectfully move to hopefully a position of consensus, but understanding that that might not always be possible. 
You also mentioned in your platform, you want to cut red tape. How do you plan to do that? Well, I think that we need to look at some of the, the practices that exist uh, in, in our different departments and how people interact with, with our staff. Again, I've heard from the constituents of Port Hope that when they, when they go in and make a request, that it's not always straightforward what they need to do to get to their end goal. Sometimes they're being given information where you have to take these first five steps and after that you should have the outcome that you're looking at. And then all of a sudden the needle shifts and changes and then it's an additional five steps and it's additional costs. So that when people enter into processes, what I would like them to be assured of is that if they go through the steps that are clearly outlined, that they can count on the outcome that they want, not that it's constantly shifting and changing and there's delays and frustrations and money spent in ways that just defy common sense. So clarity around processes is very important. Clarity around bylaws and what they mean is very important. Plain language explanation of going through processes with the municipality is key. I'd like to move on to some issues now. The Wesleyville land deal was an opportunity to expand the town and develop opportunities. What was your reaction to the deal when it was released last spring? And are you interested in pursuing a possible deal to acquire these lands from the provincial government? Well, yes, I um, of course was uh, was surprised as I think many others were about what had happened in the last stages of negotiations and decisions around Wesleyville. But I'm absolutely committed to putting some plans in place that will benefit Port Hope. And I will work tirelessly to establish a comprehensive plan for the Wesleyville lands because I do believe that they are an important part of the future of this community, potentially bringing in more taxpayers to share the tax burden, creating more jobs, um, more opportunities to protect I think the, the heritage of our community and environmentally important lands and, and waterways. And I think it's also a key part to developing Port Hope's waterfront and providing some incredible recreation for our community as well. But I do think that, that what's going to be required moving forward is a strong council and a, a good relationship with the province so that we can be at the table so that we can be seen as strong leaders and that we can advocate for our municipality at that table. Affordable housing is at crisis levels. Mm. What role do you see council playing in addressing this serious problem? Well, it is absolutely one of the key issues, not just for Port Hope, but for the entire county and indeed for the rest of the country as well. I think we need to start with an actual concrete housing strategy that may be linked also to our community improvement plan. We need to have a strategy that has immediate milestones and goals and actions as well as those that are more medium and long-term. We need to work on two fronts. We need to work with developers in a very strong and decisive way to ensure that we have inclusive 
and upzoning to make sure that new builds include secondary units, that there's a certain percentage of houses that are always built in our community that are affordable. There's promising practices from other jurisdictions that we can look for in that way. We also really need to encourage the development of secondary uh, units in the areas of Port Hope that already have the social and physical infrastructure in place, where they are being developed in areas of historic importance, we need to make sure that they have a historic impact assessment done, as well as an economic impact assessment to make sure that we maintain the quality and the uniqueness of our special neighborhoods in Port Hope. But I also think that there's an opportunity to explore some other other immediate models of housing. And here I'm drawing on some of the experiences that I had by bringing in the Ukrainian families into our community. Companion housing, where you can match a family with an older person, a widowed person who wants to age in place in their own home. They're matched with a family in a large home where they each retain their private space, but all of a sudden you have a win-win where there's mutual concern, caretaking, companionship. We've heard back from families saying, oh, we no longer have to worry so much about mom or dad because there's someone else in their home. The person that's bringing in an additional family is saying, it's given me a new lease on life. I'm no longer lonely. We can think more about creative multi-generational housing as well in our community, allowing for young families to come on to uh, an estate that's owned by their parents and even changing houses to allow for changing housing needs. And of course, tiny homes is an untapped possibility that we really need to be looked, looking at more seriously. We have land, we just need to have the political will to get it done. I want to go back over a couple of things you said. You talked about working with developers. Now, developers have a goal in mind, which is to be profitable. And mm -hmm. many, many politicians have said, you know, we, we need to work with developers. And yet we don't see anybody coming out and creating affordable housing. And they always seem to create just enough housing so that the market keeps, you know, they still keep making profits and, and they keep selling to a, a market. How do you see council coming in and getting these affordable units built in cooperation with developers? Well, I think that one of, one of the things I love to do, uh, Robert, is to look at what's worked in other municipalities and other jurisdictions. We don't need to be reinventing the wheel. We need to be looking at where the practices have worked, what has been done, how it's been done, and try to see how we can actually implement that in Port Hope. So we need to look at the, again, the evidence and the promising practices and draw on those as much as we can to insist on that kind of development happening in our community. The provincial government has made it very clear, both in the election and in its policies, that it wants more development as being a solution to affordable housing. What's mm -hmm. your thoughts on that? Well, I think uh, absolutely we know that we need more housing for more people, but I think that municipalities can play a, a really important role in being creative around how that happens. I don't think it al always has to come on just the development front. I think that there are other opportunities for densifying our municipality 
where it makes sense. We need to raise awareness. We need to educate people. We need to make it easy for them to do. We need to try to make it a win-win. We need to have toolkits. We need to show people where they can actually get some of the finances to do the work. And we need to really come together as a community to say, this is a priority for us. And we believe that the right to housing is a basic human right in Port Hope, as well as it is in Canada and the rest of the world. Where do you stand on the Garden Hill development? Uh, I uh, am opposed to the Garden Hill development as it now stands. I think that for all, you know, all the reasons of the, the public meetings and the, the report that's been done, I think that there's a lot more work that needs to be done by the developer to ensure that a lot of the concerns are met, whether we're talking about the aquifer, whether we're talking about the protection of the wetlands, whether we're talking about the protection of the turtles on the property and other wildlife. I'm a big proponent, as I said, in starting to densify the areas of Port Hope first that have the social and physical infrastructure to hold, for example, a new apartment building. Uh, there's no doubt that there will be some development on that land, but I think we have to approach it, especially on that in that area that it is, you know, nature is our first stakeholder and any development really has to first and foremost protect that land and it has to make sense in terms of all of the different considerations that we have in front of us there. What about homeless people? There are people sleeping in tents and parks and other public spaces. What have you done to it? What do you think needs to be done to address the immediate needs of people, not just the mid and long-term issues of shelter? Well, of course, the weather is changing. And uh, I know that last year we had even the police having to dig people out of their tents out of the snow. I'd like that not to happen this fall. I'd like us to think of a, an immediate solution of where we can provide supportive and even temporary housing for these folks. I've mentioned previously that that might happen by thinking about the Ruth, the old Ruth Clark Center that we have on Mill Road and whether that can be a warming station, whether we can provide some temporary housing there. Uh, but for me, that is one of the first priorities that uh, we need to address in our community. Should there be an emergency shelter in Port Hope? I believe there should be. And that's your proposal for the Ruth Clark, is that correct? It would be one of the ideas that I would have. But again, um, uh, as you know, the mayor has only vo one voice in decision making. So I would propose to work with council and staff together to come up with a solution, but understanding that it is a priority for our community. What do you think about the county's plans for agricultural lands, this agricultural mapping? Uh, I think it's a terrific idea. I think we do need to be very serious about protecting our agricultural lands. Uh, we do not want to be losing them. The agricultural lands are essential to putting food on our table. I don't think that everybody has enough awareness or education around how important it is to protect them. 
That said, I do think uh, based on conversations that I've had with the farming community that there need to be opportunities for passing down family farms to younger families to maybe loosening up some of the um, severance rules around putting on uh, additional uh, houses where you can't farm so that a family farm can also include the next generation. Uh, I also think it's very important that we take another step and that is to support farmers who want to engage in agro-innovation and looking at other effective farming processes that can be supported by artificial intelligence and perhaps innovative farming practices like vertical farming. So we need to not only protect the land that we have, but we need to find ways to maximize the output of the land that we have. And we also have to think about how the climate is changing farming practices and ensure that we have a, a, a very robust climate action plan in place for Port Hope. Planning committee meetings are jam-packed with people looking to develop individual lots. With the county wanting to concentrate development in focused places like hamlets and villages and towns, are you concerned at all about this kind of piecemeal development that you've alluded to and how it will impact in the long term mm -hmm. agricultural lands? Absolutely. And I think that one of the challenges of any term of political office is that politicians tend to think in four-year cycles. I think we have to shift that paradigm significantly. I think we need to start to think about long-term planning and what that might look like and be very clear about where our priorities lie, how we want to see the future of the entire municipality, not just for the one term, but maybe perhaps not for our children, but also our grandchildren. So what is going to be that kind of master plan? And of course, long-term planning is challenging because we have to be flexible, we have to be adaptable, but I do think that we have to have an overall clear vision to move forward. What more can council do to help local business? Oh, I think there's a lot that council can do to um, support um, and attract local business. I think we need to work uh, more closely with staff to retain the businesses that we have. And I think for some businesses that are located in the downtown core, of course, that's also going to involve looking at how to protect them during the Walton Street construction and the John Street construction over a longer period of time. We need to engage with those businesses. In fact, I had a meeting with the downtown businesses just yesterday to generate some ideas about their fears and their concerns, as well as some of the opportunities that the, the reconstruction is going to offer. And they're very clear about some of the things that they expect from council and staff moving forward, which is really having a clear plan and communicating that clear plan and listening to the businesses themselves as to what they need. But of course, that is only one part of the business community. In the municipality, there's other businesses that are here right across the two wards. We need to have things like a welcome package for new businesses. We need to have orientation packages. We need to have a clear calendar of events 
to help to attract tourism into Port Hope. And on that point, we actually need to have somebody who is driving tourism and marketing in our community. We need to have dedicated staff that are working on these issues. We need to have a vibrant calendar of events that brings people into the community, exposing them to the businesses that exist in both wards. And at the end of the day, it's communication, communication, engagement, and listening to the businesses we have and making it very clear that Port Hope is open for new business. And when someone comes to us with a new idea, our first question should be, tell us more and how can we help? And let's see what industries we can bring in that fit with Port Hope and its uh, background, businesses that aren't going to pollute and businesses that are going to help us to build on our strengths, which include things like heritage and agriculture. I thought there were already uh, people who deal, dealt with economic development and tourism on town staff. And you mentioned we need, is it more people or different people? How does that work? Well, you know, certainly we do have uh, a new a new person for economic development that I, that I think is uh, is definitely doing some terrific work in in the right direction, but we need a dedicated dedicated staff person to do tourism and to do marketing. And I think again that that's been something that I've heard from the businesses. Not my idea. This comes directly from the businesses and from the constituents that this is what they would like to see. What is your role as Port Hope's representative to the county? Well, I think it's to be obviously a, a strong leader advocating for our interests, somebody who has the skills and credentials to negotiate at those tables, to persuade and to make sure that not only is the interest of Port Hope well represented at the county table, but also to work across the region to make sure that we are working together on issues that can benefit all of our municipalities together. And so whether or not it is economic development, whether it is uh, tourism, whether it is affordable housing, I think these are all the issues that we can work together on and collaborate uh, on these issues with the mayors that are at the county table. There seems to be a steady increase in property taxes. What can you say to people listening who might be concerned about their property taxes going up? Well, I look, um, I say this to people when I meet them at the door. Uh, I know how governments work and I certainly know how policy works and I'm not going to make any promises about lowering taxes. The promise that I make is that there's going to be full transparency on how taxes are spent so that people know exactly what is happening with their tax dollars. The other promise that I make is that we will look very carefully on how we can diversify the tax base through attracting more industry into Port Hope. And the third thing that I say is because I have a very strong background in grant writing that we will look for every opportunity to bring more granting opportunities our way so that we can help fund 
some of our projects and activities. And then finally, I say, because as a political scientist with 25 years of leadership experience, I know what it's like to work across different levels of government that I will advocate very hard with both the province and the federal government to get as many dollars back into our community as I possibly can. And there are windows of opportunity that are opening in order to ensure that our, our taxes remain as stable as possible. But I can't always control inflation as a mayor. Uh, and so those are the, the strategies that I would use to try to keep at least as much stability as, as possible with our taxes. You mentioned inflation. Most tax increases uh, that municipalities pass uh, are, are inflationary, one, two, three percent. We're experiencing inflation rates of seven and eight percent right now. And I'm sure if anybody was listening, uh, they would be very concerned if if the municipality had to make that kind of increase. How do you avoid making such a gargantuan increase? Well, I think it's just based on what I've already just mentioned to you. There's There has to be numerous strategies. It has to be a multi-pronged approach. But certainly anybody who says they're going to keep taxes either uh, stable or to cut taxes is going to have to talk about what then services or programming they're going to cut. And so I would propose looking at a number of different strategies to ensure that we can keep what we've got also think about addressing some of the new services that we need as, as demands uh, continue on us with new problems and complex problems, but it's gotta be a multi-pronged approach using the strategies I've just mentioned. What do you do when you're not doing politics or running for mayor? How do you relax? What do you do for fun? Do you have hobbies, guilty pleasures? Hmm. Uh, I am, uh, a former uh, competitive figure skater. So I still love to skate. Uh, I love, I absolutely love to ski. I love to run. I love to do any kind of outdoor activities and, and exercise. I love art and culture. When I have time, I love to go to the theater. I love museums. These are all the things that I think make for a, a well-balanced um, life, but I'm passionate about politics and I always have been. So for me, it's also part of what I love to do. Why will you be a good mayor? Because I am motivated by one thing and one thing only, public service. I, I came to this decision because I believe I have the skill set, a very unique skill set, a leadership skill set to make this community better. I made a very conscious decision to run to run for mayor because I think that I can make this community better. And I am passionate about Port Hope and I'm very convinced that the future is is bright, that there's an opportunity for a new chapter. And I really, really want to be part of that chapter representing all areas of Port Hope, all groups and all neighborhoods. Olena Hankovitsky, thanks for talking to me today. Thank you very much, Robert. It's been a pleasure. That was Olana Hankovitsky, candidate for Mayor of Port Hope. I want to thank my guests this week for talking to me. And I want to thank all the listeners for tuning in today. 
Please join me again next week when we will talk to the people on the front lines and those behind the scenes who make a difference in your life and Northumberland County. So please tune in. If you would like to listen or share this or any podcast, please check out my website at consider-this.ca. There you will find past podcasts, news, and other information about life and politics in Northumberland County. Or you can go to the radio station's website at northumberland897.ca. I'm Robert Washburn. Thanks for taking time out of your day to listen in, and I hope over the week you will continue to consider this. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Consider This. If you have any comments or would like to suggest a story, please contact me at considerthisnorthumberland at gmail.com or you can message me on Facebook at Consider This. If you enjoyed this podcast or are looking for more news and information about Northumberland County, please check out my website at consider-this.ca. That's consider-this.ca. And don't forget to share. And again, thank you for listening and stay tuned for more from Consider This.